Hi, welcome to Be Empower Woman, the talk show. I'm your host, Nancy Rivera, and I'm so glad that you can join us today. And I'm happy because we have a special guest. Her name is Famida Omar, and she is from South Africa, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> Nancy. I'm All so the happy. way South Africa, the beautiful country. I am so happy that you can join us today. Um, she, Famida is a businesswoman. She it works with victims and she has a very, very nice uh, way to give to others what maybe she, she can give to them. So I am so happy to have you here, but I know who you are. My audience does not know who you are. So who is Famida and what do you do? Um. Nancy, my full name is Famida Omar, as you stated. And yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I am a mother of two beautiful girls, uh, but also a very, very um, a victim of gender-based violence. Uh, I've also got a PR and marketing company, but mainly, mainly I focus on my NPO, which is Sisters and Brothers in Movement, which is giving back giving back to underprivileged to do skills development, as well as teaching victims how to get, uh, because one of the core things here in South Africa is the fact that our victims end up going to safe houses in South Africa because the, the perpetrators are the one that actually brings in the bacon or the bread or, or money into the home. So what happens then is that these uh, victims end up unemployed, they're not employed, they're uneducated without a metric, and they end up in the safe house with nowhere to go, no light at the end of the tunnel. And we then go into a system from an NPO point of view to also upskill them and get them on their feet so they don't end up back to the perpetrator. Because one of the core things in research here in South Africa that we've been finding is that if this victim goes back, they leave the safe house because there's nothing, there's no jobs. They leave, they go back to the perpetrator, they either killed by the perpetrator or either they killed the perpetrator or they kill themselves. So we needed, needed to find a resolution and solution. And one of them is actually, how do we get them on their feet so that they can end up giving back and also actually bringing their kids up with some sort of income that comes into their home. So those are the core things or a little bit of what I do, but I'm also in the media space a lot. I have 22 years in the industry uh, for the biggest broadcast in South Africa. I've worked there from a teenager and I decided, why did I wanna leave? I decided that I needed to leave a legacy for my kids. The only way that I could leave a legacy for my kids is to start something that I end up having purpose in. And right now, my key focus and purpose is always giving back. So that's me in a nutshell. And you know, it's my birthday tomorrow, Nancy. Oh, so I'm celebrating congrats. my birthday with, with you guys. Congratulations. <laughs> so that's, that's me. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank um, you. This is so beautiful. And I think that's one of the things that when we talked the first time, I got engaged because I was hearing myself through your story because that's what I also do. <laughs> I help people. I help um, especially women, um, women who are victims. I also work with kids um, who doesn't have the best environment to grow up 
Um, and there are a lot of things, other things that we do. And I just love to hear women who can empower other women. That is one of the biggest thing that any woman can do. It's not about having a competition. I mean, you're doing part of the things that I'm also yes. doing over here. We're in two different countries, but we can get together and, and try to help and bring out ideas. That's what we're supposed to be doing, that network where we can support the projects of, 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 of the other women. So what motivated you? What was that moment that you said, okay, this is what I wanted to do? Um, I went through my separation, but during my divorce, um, as you know, with domestic violence, it's really, really hard to leave 17 years of abuse, 19 years knowing the individual. And um, one of the core things is I decided I never lived for me. I lived as a woman. We tend to live for everybody else. We tend to live for our kids. We tend to live for our family. We want to be the best wives, best, uh, best friend, best individual, best mother. But then when you start looking at your life, you're already at an age where you're peaking. And I was 38, 37 at that time. And I was just, I'm, I'm actually saying my age, wow. But I'm not <laughs> afraid to say, to say my age, Nancy. But yes, uh, when I was 37, I, I found that, you know, as a little girl growing up, there were so many things that we wanted to do, but life happened. And my core core was, how do I make a difference? Mm -hmm. How do I make sure? that I'm raising two beautiful, educated and empowered girls. And how do I lead them understand that, you know what? Yes, life is going to be hard. If you live on purpose and you live for a purpose, you will be able to do anything in this world. So I did it for my girls and I changed my mindset in 30, when I was 37 and I decided I'm leaving. I'm leaving everything behind, whether it be material, uh, materialistic things of the world, And I just wanted to focus on what were my key values. And one of the key things is that for me, other people would go to psychologists, other women would go and see a therapist. But with me, I felt the only way I could actually heal is I help other people who have been down the same path as me and journey of life. If I build them up, I am automatically healing in the, in the process. And that's when I decided this is it. I've never been happier. Uh, many women have bucket lists, Nancy. I, I've had a bucket list when I was growing up. I wanted to do a lot of things. You want to write a book. I wanted to be in front of the camera. I wanted to be singing. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to uh, be on a radio platform. And guess what? Before I turned 40, I did all of those things except me writing my book. And that is what I'm actually busy with at the moment. So for me, I am fulfilled. I'm happier than I was before because one of the core things is when you see what you have done. And one of the things that I also say is that if I change one life a day, I've done my part. I really have. So that's how I live. I live my life by that saying. I completely understand you because that's something that I did with myself. I come with, um, I grew up in this environment with, vict I, my mom was a victim of violence um, and not one, but twice. And I grew up seeing that. And I said, oh my God, I do not want to 
I don't want to experience that same life that my mom had. And, but you know what? I mean, I did, I didn't. I, I got into a relationship that it was not the best one. It was a toxic relationship. Um, and I stopped. I, I was like, I had that bad gray cloud in my, in my head. And I was like, oh my God, I got the storm inside of me. And I said, okay, you know what? I have to do something. And when the moment that I changed my mindset, the moment that I decided that I wanted to do something else, the moment that I said, I want to be the role model for my kids and leave them with something that they can hold on um, and be better person. That was the moment that everything changed. And like you said, I healed through that process of helping other people. That's the way I could heal. Seeing other people getting out of their situation, giving hope to those people that thought that their life was like, that was the point where it was, it was, they were done. That was the moment where I started to heal. And today I can say I'm completely healed because I have had the opportunity to empower, to um, embrace, to help so many people that that was the way that I processed my, my healing. And I completely understand how you feel. <laughs> Thank you. So um, how, how do you exactly help women through your service, through the things that you're doing? So one of the things is that we are doing a skills development program here in South Africa. So hence I said to you that um, I'm busy working on something called Own Your Crown Black Queen. So that basically is where we create uh, little events in different parts of the country in South Africa. And that is basically bringing all of these other women together for a networking session, like-minded people like ourselves. I have uh, friends across the globe, uh, Jana Gamble, who is all the way in Missouri, I have another friend who is in the United States. I'm in UK and I have you. So, and there's other couple of women here in South Africa, black empowered women that actually have like-minded or they, they all are like-minded and want to do something to change because right now with COVID hitting us, what has happened is that we cannot go out here in South Africa. We are on level, I think it's level four. So um, uh, yeah, if you're having gatherings, you have to have a 50% of uh, the venue. Mm -hmm. So you cannot be uh, full in that venue. So what we've decided to do is that I know that it's coming into our summer. We are going to start with the Own Your Crown Black Queen event. That event actually gets all of these women together. And yes, you pay a price, but the exit strategy of this is you're having a good time, you're networking, but you're also educating and you're giving us the money for the proceeds to help with the skills development program with these women. So we've been finding that these women have a skill in their hand. Mm -hmm. They All women, when we were brought up, Nancy, you know this, we were taught how to bake, how to cook. And that is a skill that we have in our hands. These women, because they found that they were, you know, when, when you go through this process in life, you think that you just in a dark hole. How do we give hope to mm. the hopeless? Because right now there is no hope. They don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And these are the little things that you speak about. You understand knitting. You understand how to sew. You understand how to do a lot of things with your hands. 
how do we then actually help you develop so that you can create a business out of that? So those are the little things we are doing to assist. And then also getting them registered, getting them on board onto um, like the Buy Black campaign on an international level, as well as here in South Africa as well, onto Facebook pages, getting their CI, their registration documents ready, company registration documents, et cetera. And the one thing that I am busy working out, working on, and I'm so excited about it, it's called hydroponics farming. So here in South Africa at the moment, there's 7.5 or 7.8 million people that are currently unemployed. And it's not because of anything, it's because of the lack, the, the, edge of the, the COVID pandemic that has hit us. And also, you know, uh, companies have been closing down. Mm. How do we now, and you know for the fact research also shows that in 2050, our entire world across the globe, we are going to have a scarcity of food. Mm -hmm. So we have come up and we have partnered with a company which does hydroponics farming. The gentleman's name is Tahir. And one of the cool, cool things we are doing is creating farms or uh, planting seedlings in the rural or underdeveloped areas and teaching them how to actually grow their own organic foods. Wow. And then from there, we are assisting them to get it to the community to be sold. And also from there, we are assisting them to actually make sure that they ha have a turnaround every month. We've already started with the process in Walkerville. We are busy working on the process in other areas. We're going to go to Richards Bay as well, which is a seven hour drive from Johannesburg where I live. But those are the types of things that we're impacting because at the end of the day, you can teach a person how to fish or you can give him a fish, which would you wanna do? So I always wanna be able to teach you how to fish so that we can actually grow economic wealth and grow our economy as South Africans. So yes, that is what, what we are busy with here in South Africa. Again, and I can't wait, I can't wait to introduce it. I can't wait to introduce it to you as well, Nancy. I want you guys to start this hydroponics farming as well. And yes. it's really cheap, really affordable. I really want you to get involved in this as well in your country, because I think it would have so much of economic wealth and growth for people in underdeveloped areas in your country. First of all, congratulations, because you have been very busy. And I admire that because, I mean, I'm also very busy, but but I, I feel your passion and and that's something so, so nice. And of course, I would like to learn more of this and see how we can bring it to Puerto Rico, because yes, as Africa, as other countries, we know that we are having a problem because there's not a lot of people working our, um, you know, the, the, the food and the state in that area. And we're going to lose a lot of, uh, well, food and, and things that are so important for the human um, if we don't take action. Um, but besides that, I, I understand that one of the things that, that also you deal with with kids, you work with also with those kids who um, their mother went through the safe house, right? What do you do with them? So, so basically one of the other things is that I go to schools here in South Africa and we do media training and development, skills development. So 
anything that I touch or anything that I do, I want to be able to upskill the kids here in South Africa, but the, because the youth are very, very important for the growth of the economy. And also they are our future. I'm going to be, I don't know, not, not anytime soon. God needs to take me through this lifetime and this journey until I finish whatever my, my passions are. But one of the core things is that teaching them uh, how to actually develop themselves in media. So uh, we've been finding in the underdeveloped areas in South Africa is that there is no TV channels. There's the broadcaster uh, here in South Africa, which is called the South African broadcaster, which when you get news, you will probably get it only from your key cities like Cape Town, Johannesburg, and Durban, but not in the underdeveloped areas. So that is where our focus points are, is to go to the underdeveloped areas. And I know that you, uh, in, in South Africa, we, there's different languages. Mm -hmm. So there's, so there's a whole lot of languages and these kids uh, need to learn in their own language because English is not their first language. Yeah. So what we, we do is go to these places and then take them through the whole production program that is script writing, um, that is camera operating, that is also um, your, uh, what is it? There's a whole list of things, acting, uh, um, editing, uh, all of those stuff that goes into media. After that, we take, because remember, what we've been finding here in South Africa and what, what I've been finding is that people want instant gratification. Yep. Instant gratification because they think that what you see on television is actually what, uh, what life is like mm -hmm. uh, every day. So uh, we take 15 or whatever through the program and we take the best of the best and we say to them, now we're giving you a skilled individual who will help you to create a movie and take that movie and sell it across internationally. With that money we, we, we getting, whether it be in euros, pounds, dollars, we take that to create a production houses in their current locations that they live. And then on top of that, what we are wanting to look at, which unfortunately takes a lot of time from our side and also you know, money, is getting a uh, community-based TV channel for that community itself. And then we also do, I, I am a board member or a director within a, as I said to you, I always wanted to be on radio, it was my passion. And then I started up a digital radio platform. So for me, I did whatever I needed to. And I needed, one of the core things that I teach people and women especially, is the fact that you need to understand when you start something, don't only think that you want to be uh, uh, a perfect, if you want to be a celebrity, you want to write a book, you want to be able to be in acting, understand the entire value of everything. If I want you to be in radio, I need to understand what goes into the back end system before I can even be a presenter. That's what sets me apart from all the rest. So that is what we teach these kids. We do 80% of theory, and 20% of practical. And then we get them to do the digital media radio platform where they will host it themselves. We help them to market it and then grow again. My 
whole key is making sure that we grow the economy and make sure that we keep these kids in the community so that they can build their community itself, not take the money away from their community and go to another area. So that's basically the types of things that we are doing. Great, that is great. Um, and I, like I said to you in our phone call, uh, I also work with kids that are in these environment that they understand that that's the way they have to live and it's so nice when you see that transformation in kids and teenagers and you see that they have planned they go to college and they became become themselves um, professionals or um, even business owner I had the opportunity to see some of my my kids becoming business owner, becoming a doctor or lawyer, and also working um, in, with their parents and trying to help their community. So I started something that they can continue helping their community and that's part of it. And like I said, and like you said, if we are healing and we are in that process of healing, getting involved with other people where we can help them that's a way to 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 give out to give out some of what our world needs right now because i mean if we turn on the news we see everywhere there's conflict there's problems there's problem with the economy there's problem with women and everything so why can't we give more and try to help those that maybe don't have the tools to to become better person. So congratulations again. And going back to the um, topic of the victims, um, starting this year, we I was uh, part of the Global Count and we had the opportunity to try to interview different women around the countries and see what still was needed to be done. And the results came back saying that the first one is women's scare of their partner, the, uh, the issue with the victims of violence. And if we put ourselves right now and we say, okay, we are in 2021, how is possible that with all of this empowerment, all of these women who have their groups and empowerment and everything, how is it possible that still women are getting into this kind of relationship? And I got into one of the maybe the, the answers, and it's because we're, yes, we are empowering women, but we also need to empower the man. We need to also yeah. give the man the tools to understand that exactly. what they're doing is not correct, because then they're going to continue that pattern. So it is something that we have to do for both ways. We need to give the women the tools. We need to um, help women, but at the same time, we need to help that man so that he can understand that what he's doing is wrong. So what do you understand about that? Well, my thing is, um, I always say this, uh, we are human beings first. Uh, as women or, or human beings and spiritual beings, we need to take accountability for actions. Mm -hmm. Because before I am a wife or a partner, I am a mother. I am a mother. And one of the core things that we've been finding is this, and people hate me for it, Nancy, because uh, nobody wants to hear the truth. They just want to hear what is good for them. You know, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, I wanna be able to say the truth. I don't condone GBV. I do not condone violence to women or men in general. I do not condone it. But one of the things that we've been finding here in South Africa is the fact that 
when we're growing up the boy child in society and he's three years old and he comes home crying whilst everybody is around, all these females are sitting together. The mother turns around and says, oh, boys are not allowed to cry. So what you are doing is actually making him to understand. And every time he plays with the, with the girl's toy, oh no, uh, or shows his emotion, oh no, he's gonna become gay or lesbian or whatever. So we are teaching the boy child that he should not show emotions. He ends up going to school. When he does go to school, one of the core things that he does is actually starts bullying. Because remember, the only thing you know how to show emotion is through the first. Mm -hmm. So that's, then he grows into a man. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing happens. What we've been also finding is that men don't speak about their problems. They do not. They tend to go to a place uh, and go and have a drink because now you become more about an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever it is to numb the pain because you cannot talk about it. Mm -hmm. So how are we as women? Because I always say you want to march against a man you want to march against your man, but you brought that man up because you are the mother. So take responsibility as a woman first. So me, I, as much as things has happened to me, it takes two hands to clap, not one, mm -hmm. not one. Because if I knew then what I, if I knew then what I know now, I think I would have been totally different in my life. I think that things would have been different in my life because remember we mature as women. What I've also been finding, Nancy, is the fact that there's a bro code. Everywhere in the world, there's a bro code, but there's no sister code. Mm -hmm. I, when I was going through my entire debacle for those 17 years, I, could, I kept quiet about it because I feared the first thing a woman would ask you is, oh, you don't love yourself enough to leave. Is that really what I want to hear as a sister? Yeah. I would want, because remember, these women are not only scared, they also are shunned by their own communities. Mm -hmm. They are shunned by their own sisters or their own people that they call friends. So they do not, and they're embarrassed. Because remember, what another woman would say, oh, my husband doesn't do that to me. So those are the things that we need to understand, that we need to have these dialogues as women and have a sister code. And I think that working with people like yourself and other people across the globe, other women across the globe, we are coming together, but it's still taking us time. Because one of the other things is that we call them, I don't know if you heard the term, slay queens. Mm -hmm. So slay queens in, yes. So that's what we call them. So basically one of these women would come in and instead of asking you, Nancy, oh my goodness, Nancy, how did you get to drive that beautiful car? Mm -hmm. They would go gossip to their friends and say, oh, Nancy's got a, a blesser or a man who gives the money. So that is how we women are. Instead of saying, teach me, teach me. I want to learn. Please mentor me. So those are the things we need to get right as women. If we can't stick together, how do we want and can't actually look at ourselves because mm -hmm. we always want to blame everybody else. We do not want to take accountability mm -hmm. for our own actions. So like me, I take accountability and I am glad that I've been through whatever my path and journey was because it made me who I am today because I wouldn't have found my purpose in life if I didn't go through that journey. So I am proud of whatever I've been through, whether it be bad, whether it be good, whether it be whatever it is, I am proud because I am sitting here today 
and I'm proud of the woman I am, and I'm proud of the mother that I am. So that's basically it. That's my I'm point. Of and view. I'm proud of the history that we have because that history, that experience brought us today where we are. So where people exactly. can find you, Famida, where they can find you? So I've got my company. So my full name is Famida Omar, but here in South Africa, people called me Faye for short. So it's F for Freddie, A-Y-E, but it's www.faybrand.co.za. And on Instagram, it is faybrand underscore S-A. Facebook, it's also faybrand underscore S-A with no S. It's F-A-Y-E-B-R-A-N-D. And then also on Twitter, you would find faybrand underscore, I mean, underscore S-A. That's where you'd find me. All of my contact details are there as well. And yes, that's me. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you all for joining us and being Power Woman the Talk Show. I hope you can join us next Thursday. Thank you so much, Nancy. Have a blessed one.